I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And today we continue to look at some of the offseason rankings uh, from some of the national pundits. Uh, Logan, we have yet to find one that really likes the commanders. Did have a good conversation about Sam Howell with Dan Orlovsky the other day. That was fun. Uh, but we got we got some interesting commentary on that. But Logan, we start with the big story uh, today when most of you are hearing this. I guess kind of today when we're recording it Wednesday, uh, but also into tomorrow. And that is the NFL schedule release. Uh, should note that Logan and Linnell will be hanging out at Old Ox Brewery out in Ashburn. You can go and hang out with them for a live broadcast for the schedule release on Thursday night. Uh, that follows me on the air on the Team 980, also simulcast on 106.7 The Fan. But Logan, I think last year when you look at the commander's schedule, we knew instantly, for instance, that the Jacksonville game being early was going to be a good thing. Like right. You'd rather see a team with a new coach early, and you knew that Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson would probably eventually find their stride. Sure enough, they did. They make the playoffs. They're competitive against the Chiefs in that playoff game. Um, but this year, I, I think it's interesting that I don't know if there's exactly that one that stands out quite as like a sore thumb. But here's what we got in terms of the opponents. At home, they'll have the Cowboys, Dolphins, Eagles, Cardinals, Niners, Bills, Bears and Giants, and then away, Seahawks, Jets, Eagles, Patriots, Cowboys, Falcons, Rams, uh, Denver, and then the Giants. So you go to MetLife twice, you get Jets and Giants. Um, anything in particular stick out for you of teams you want to see early, late because of injury, coaching changes, anything like that? Yeah, I think the big one that I want to see early is the Jets probably. You know, I think um, with Aaron Rodgers coming in, I think, you know, learning he's, he's not learning an entirely new offense, but I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a different culture, different environment. And I just don't want him to kind of find his stride in a new city with a new with, you know, like relatively new staff. So I think I want to get that one early. The one that I think is kind of interesting is the Bills because I thought they were kind of on a little bit of a skid last year. And I think that, you know, losing Brian Dayball as the OC, a guy that was really maximizing what Josh Allen did at a high level, I thought really hurt them. And I think is that going – is that I think that's something that, you know, Josh Allen being Josh Allen might start off hot in 2023. But I do think as a guy, that as a team – that'll probably decline a little bit. So I kind of want to see them probably week 10, week 11, you know, Josh Allen's a little bit banged up. Um, you know, the offense that they've kind of put out there, this Josh Allen centric thing. Um, so yeah, I think probably jets early bills late. And then, um, yeah, th those are the two ones that stick out to me right away. You have any thoughts, Craig? Yeah. So there's a couple that I think stick out potentially. Um, and it, and on one of them in particular, it's a little too early to tell. The Niners are a team that I don't know exactly when I want to see them yeah. because Brock Purdy is coming off Tommy John surgery. He had that, that UCL injury. And so is, is he going to be ready at the start of the season? Probably not. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right? Cause that, that's the other thing. There's a chance that Sam Darnold comes in and storms off with that job. He is so talented, but has not really shown it consistently in the NFL. That said, his best stretch of football was probably the end of last year with Carolina. He started to find some things towards the end of the year when he circled back in for Baker Mayfield. It wasn't a very long stretch, but he had a couple of nice games and Carolina got competitive for a while, mostly behind the run game, but Darnold at least could do some things. 
uh, if I'm remembering correctly on that. So Darnold is a guy that goes to San Francisco. Now he's got Kyle, like from a talent standpoint, it's the most talented quarterback Kyle's had in a while. Um, but is it the mental processing and stuff that we always talk about that, for instance, Purdy is fantastic at that maybe Darnold isn't that makes him not successful, even with Kyle Shanahan, despite all that physical talent, the mobility, the arm strength, all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know what I want out of San Francisco because part of me wants them early when Darnold is new in the system. Part of me is is scared that like you haven't seen what Kyle's going to do with Darnold and that lack of tape could come out and be you know, really dangerous. And you, maybe you'd, you'd rather see them with Purdy later in the season uh, if Purdy's even able to take that job back. Um, but early, early feels safer just because you don't know yet versus if whether it's Purdy or, I mean, or Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, if one of them finds a groove, that feels, that feels dangerous later in the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer, and you want to face Kyle Shanahan teams a little bit earlier in the season. I think the more film Kyle gets on you, the worse it is for your defense. I also think it's coming out of the offseason, Kyle, he's a, you know, he's like a beautiful mind, man. Like, he just has a lot going on. There's a lot of offense in. They don't really know exactly, like, who and what they want to be offensively just yet. So, I, I you know, you never really want to face a Kyle Shanahan team, but you always want to face him, I think, a little bit earlier just because, like, he's so fastidious with his process in terms of game planning. Like, you could tell in the matchup last year against Washington, they, they knew exactly what this team was going to be doing. And I think because it was late in the year, they had a really good feel for who they are and what they wanted to be. That's offensively and defensively. So, um, yeah, I think that's a team you want to get earlier in the schedule. And, again, not just because the quarterback flex. I just think – I do think Kyle tends to over – overanalyze early, you know, and then he kind of settles in. I think, you know, the last couple of years they've started a little bit slow and then found this kind of dominant middle of the season kind of crescendoing to the end of the year. They're still figuring out personnel. They, they use that time period in a different way. I know they're, I talked to their strength coach quite a bit. Their off season's a little bit different, a little bit more subdued. Also, I think that lends itself to a slower start because you don't have everything quite figured out from a personnel standpoint. And that's fine. They're the best team in the division. They can do that. They're going to win some games late, and they're going to make the playoffs. So, but yeah, I think that's a team you want to get kind of when they're in a little bit of a, uh, a little, little bit of a flux. Let's just say, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other team that I think is interesting from both an injury and a coaching standpoint, because this is the only team, if I'm looking at this correctly, the only team they'll face with a new. Oh, I guess Denver also. Um, you know, with the new head coach, Denver's obviously got Sean Payton, so that's. That's an interesting one to see how he comes together with Russell Wilson. That one feels a little Jacksonville-y. Like maybe you want them early, what get that out of the way before they've had a chance. Which, which uh, uh, Denver. Okay. So Sean Payton and yeah. and Russell Wilson before they can catch a groove and figure each other out. Um, but the other one is obviously Arizona. Um, yeah. Arizona's a team that is going to be without Kyler Murray uh, most of the most of the season, probably with that ACL. And they've got new a new head coach, new OC, new everything there. So um, Arizona, I would say, is is less interesting just because I don't think they're going to be good at all next year, no yeah, matter what. I agree. I just think they're going to be bad. So I, you know, in some ways, it's like, can we have them week thirteen and have a soft point in the schedule before you hit that division run down the stretch? But Denver feels like the most Jacksonville team to me on their schedule, where if you can get them early, there is a chance that Russell Wilson regains some form under Sean Payton and that they find a groove as the season goes. No, I think that's right. I think that's kind of, you know, Tana on the show the other day, you know, he does like a Tana's take segment. And he kind of, I think, very acutely was like, um, you know, like that's my dark horse team this year is is the uh, is the fighting Sean Paytons, and I think there's a lot of good reason to think that they've got a very dynamic receiving group. Obviously, Russell Wilson was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a while. Um, you know, and like can Sean Payton bring that out of him? Like, I, I look at what he did with Jameis Winston the year that he was coaching there, and like Jameis was was good. You know, like his best know, year of his career, top twenty player, and like he did a really good job mitigating risk, finding stuff that he could do, taking advantage of his aggressiveness, like when it was time to take advantage of it. So I definitely think like, you know, we talk a lot on this show about the influence of coaches on players. And I think that's a perfect example of how a coach, a new coach could dramatically impact, um, could dramatically impact Russell Wilson. And like, if he's impacting the most important person on your team, that's a huge deal. So yeah, I agree. I think that's definitely like a Jacksonville type fit get them early before they kind of figure out really who they want to be. Um, yeah, I think, um, 
yeah, I, I think that's the right idea. I, I think teams that are going to kind of that you don't that you might want to see later are like the Seahawks. I think the Patriots. Um, I think you're right. The Cardinals, I don't think are going to be very good, period. Um, but I think you want to get them while Kyler Murray's out, which could be the whole year. Um, the Dolphins strike me as a team you also want to get early, you know, in the sense. I want to get them in the rain. Whenever it's going to rain, give me the Dolphins in the rain. Yeah. I, and where's that game? Is that in Miami or is that that's here? That's home. Yeah. So I think that, you know, obviously they have, a, they have a huge advantage earlier in the year because of temperature. But if that's here, it doesn't really matter as much. I do think, yeah, like you want to, I think you want to catch them a little earlier because they're, they're in the very, they're in the Kyle Shanahan mold. The more film they get on you, the more prep they can have for you usually doesn't turn out well for you. So get them early when it's still kind of fresh or still kind of figuring it out. But yeah, in terms of teams later, like I think the Bills are candidates for that. Um, Cardinals anytime. Patriots are interesting. What do you think about the Patriots? That's one that I think is kind of um, because because of Bill O'Brien's addition, I think they're going to be significantly mm. better. I just don't know how much better, you know? They are such an enigma. Yeah. Um, I... I don't know when I want that. I, that. That's one of those teams I can't make up my mind. Like, do you want it early before Mac and Bill O'Brien figure it out? Or do you think that they might click early and then yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill's a little combustible yeah. and Mac's, Mac's not exactly perfect? Yeah. So are they going to have a blow up midseason that, that you can take advantage of? Um, do you want it also on the other side of the ball? Like how much film do you want Belichick to have on yeah, you? It's a tough team. Um, I could, I could see we're wanting them early cause you're, you know, that way Belichick can't plan for what EB's doing with this team. There's, there's a lot of unknown there. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a funky one. Um, for sure. Seattle, like they're, they're to me seem kind of like they've got a good identity. They know who they are. They're going to want to run it, but they've got big playability and they're going to be that the entire year. So as long as their guys are healthy, it kind of doesn't matter when you play them. I kind of um, feel like Geno Smith regression though a little bit, you know. And if Geno Smith, you know, like I, I like I like Geno Smith, I think, but I don't think he like he was playing like what was it like top seven level. I mean, quarter. he was awesome to start last yeah, year, and then he kind of started to fizzle a little bit, you know. I, and I think he was still playing fine. He's probably top fifteen, but I much prefer to play top fifteen Geno Smith as opposed to top seven Geno Smith, especially with the receiving groups. Jason Smith and Jigma, the ad there in the slot receiver role there. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I prefer to see them later. I think because I do think he'll cool. He's getting older, Geno Smith. So he'll cool as the season goes on. I think you know this is all like totally total guess, but I think that's a team that again, like I think they're going to come out like gangbusters because they always do, and I think they're going to kind of chill as the year goes on. So I want to catch them the second half. I think. The Rams are an interesting one too. One, you, I mean, selfishly, if you're a, if you're a player, you probably want that later in the year. You get a nice little warm weather getaway yeah, in right. December. Yeah. Um, but and not to mention, it can be you know 100 degrees in LA in September. So um, that's that's not super fun. Uh, but I, like Stafford back, you know, do you just be like, oh, maybe he'll get hurt again? You know, yeah. like kind of that mindset. But it's not even um, like it's not even like a, from a fan. bad injury. It's just like he's got tendonitis yeah. in his elbow and his shoulders. So yeah. like that, those are chronic use type things. And the more you play, the more you throw the football, like you're going to be less effective. And like, you know, it sounds like he's doing better. But again, maybe later in the year and then you get some backup quarterback and, you know, you get to roll the Rams. I don't know. Yeah, that could be certainly possible. Chicago's an interesting one. Obviously, Fields got better and better as the season went. There's, there's talk out of Bears camp, as you would as you would imagine, there would be this time of year that he, you know, where he is now compared to where he was last year. Like it's not even like the same player. He's made such a leap. So you know, do you want him early, late? I, I almost lean towards later because his style of play, he has gotten a little banged up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I would lean a little bit towards later on that one, but who knows? Um, you know, Falcons, like, do you really want to face that run game late in the year when you're banged up? I'd probably rather have them early, um, yeah. you know, when you're still hitting in practice. I, and I, things th like I, that. I think for them, it's more like with the Falcons, it's like the game before and the game, the game immediately after is the game. Is yeah. that, you kind of want them before your bye week. Yeah, right. A, a game like where it's like you can kind of, because you know you're going to come out a little like they, I mean, I just look at their offensive line at the moment, like, holy cow, man. Like they have so physical. they've got so much draft capital invested in that group. They're really good. They got a three-headed monster in the backfield. Like it's it's a scary, it's a scary team to play, like you know, from a defensive standpoint. And I think, like you said, you you want them kind of going into a break or going into a, like um you definitely don't want to go at like go on a trip right afterwards. You don't want to be going to like LA 
after you play the Falcons, right. which is probably what you know the the schedule makers would probably do that. But I think that's that's the team that I think is really interesting because they of of the physical play style of their philosophy. I like your analysis on the Chicago Bears. You know, with Fields like later in the year, I think that's a hundred percent right. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the Falcons are sneaky in that way, man. That's a sneaky team because I think they're going to be sneaky good. And I think they're going to just beat the poop out of whoever they're playing. You know what I mean? So, like, you don't need yeah. that. Whether they win or not, yeah. like, there's going to be a toll to play. Like, there was that stat last year with the 49ers. Like, nobody won the week after they played the 49ers. Yeah. Like, literally no one yeah. won the week after they played the 49ers all regular season last year. Um, the Falcons feel like a team that could have that same kind of effect. Uh, last thing I'll ask you real quick. Any any guesses on primetime games? Because I've got a, I got a couple theories. I mean, uh, we now know, as of recording, they've already released the international games. We know the Patriots are not hosting the Commanders in Germany. So no international trip this year. But the primetime games uh, will probably be announced by the time this podcast comes out. Sure. So people will get to know if we're right or wrong. Any any thoughts on what you might see? I mean, obviously, the divisional games are going to be one of them yeah. going to be primetime. I think... Um... I think the I think New York. I think last year those were some good primetime games late in the year. Um, obviously some of those were flex, but I think that's always a good matchup. Even though you know it'll be interesting to see where New York's at this year too. I I think I really think like that was a little bit of an anomaly last year, not because of you know poor play by Daniel Jones. I just think the roster isn't good enough quite yet, you know. And I think I you know we we've we've raved about the coaches and they've added some nice pieces, but. I don't think they're going to be as good. I think Dallas, obviously, is another one that I think could, I could see being a primetime game. How many primetime games do they have this year? Do you know? Uh, it's There is less of a limit than there used to oh, be. Okay. My guess is they'll have somewhere between two and three. Yeah. That's that's my guess. Oh. Like Maybe there's two on the schedule, like a Thursday night, and then one of the, the more yeah. regular primetimes, and then you know maybe one gets flexed if they're competitive late in the season. Yeah, I mean, because like right now, like just looking at the national narrative about the team, like there's not a lot of hype. So it's like, you know, I'd be excited to, you know, see a Seahawks primetime game or, you know, Jets or Bills or whatever. But I don't think the league sees that as a um, as a very competitive matchup at the moment, you know, and like if you look at the Vegas odds for this team, they're a six and a half win team. It's they think they're going to get worse compared to last year. So, um, you know, like I just think it's going to be division games and I can't see them really going outside of that for primetime work for the for the commanders yeah no i agree with you even though there are some interesting ones like they're going to try to get the jets in primetime a lot this yeah. year mm-hmm. but you know is this a, is this a team that they do it against um i had joe ferreira on my show yesterday who used to help make the schedule and i he said that he thinks they'll they'll be at dallas on thanksgiving yeah. um, which isn't technically primetime but like is right it's a four yeah. that dallas always plays the the 325 game the second game um and like they, they'll probably want a division game for that. The Giants played last year. Cowboys, Eagles, you don't need to make prime time. Right. Um, you know, that that game's gonna draw massive ratings no matter what. That'll be like an America's game of the week on a regular Sunday at four twenty five. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of leaves the the commanders left and the commanders haven't played on Thanksgiving in a while yeah. um, since 2020. So I think that that's a distinct possibility. I ran my theory. My original theory, Logan, was that they were going to open the season at home uh, on prime in prime time, whether it's Sunday or Monday night football, because for the first time in years, the stadium is going to be full. Mm. Like with the ownership situation, I thought they're going to host the Cowboys to open the season on Sunday or Monday night football. And that ran like, Hey, not Josh Harris's commanders. That could be a massive storyline where people are going to tune in and pay attention. Joe kind of shot that down. He said, I don't think that'll be a a factor. Unlikely. I'm still not ready to completely let that go because I do think like a packed FedEx field is something that the league would like to showcase. Yeah. But I also think, you know, I think there's probably better options. Yeah. Opening night. Like you want, and I, and again, I think, I think that this team is going to be pretty competitive, but when you look nationally, that's just not that's not in the car like right now you know obviously we're in may but people are not very high in this team we're going to talk about oh, yeah. you know, position rating, rankings in a second but i think that's going to just be any kind of big moment they're going to defer to somebody else you know cuz right now i think there's some uh, i saw some ranking that had them as the 27th team in the nfl you know what i mean like there's yeah. not a lot i think you were, we were talking about that maybe 2 weeks ago like yeah. there's not a lot of positive vibes here so i think any any kind of big moment they're gonna say is there anybody else and it's like only when when it's like 
you know, these iconic matchups within the division, are they going to get primetime work? I think. Well, right. Which is why I said, I do, I, I would think that they would make it like Cowboys visiting here. But think um, about it, like, if it was like Cowboys Philly, let's start the season or, you know what I mean? Like some sure. big, no, you know totally. what I, mean? like, I, I, I totally get that. I guess my, my thing is to, sh- for the league to showcase the NFL is back in Washington. Like, Hey, you've heard all this stuff. It's been really bad. The stadium's been empty. Everyone knows it's been a joke. Snyder's awful, but now he's gone. And to see like, hey, look, football's back in Washington. The fans are back. The stadium is jammed and it's jammed with commanders fans. Like, hey, this is like, I think that would be a smart thing for the league to do. I think it would rate well. I also understand that there's probably better options and i also would understand if the league doesn't really want to rub dirt in the wound they just want to quietly move on to the next ownership group because that's seemingly how they've handled this entire thing i mean do you think Again, really, i think i think, think that's a mistake but that's think, that's my thought process do you think they care about this market like that though like because like i mean if anything like i'd be like if washington's playing well do that later in the year but do you think they care about sure. the market enough to do that right now do you think the league yeah i mean i think that's one of the driving forces behind them being a little more pushy with dan they'll be like no nah, man you got to like even if it's behind the scenes they're not actually going to vote him out um where they'd be like yeah man you got to go like the the loss of revenue in this market and the loss of ratings in this market is a discussion amongst league people and and getting it back is something that they really like the, the whole sleeping giant thing like mm. they could just get an owner in there who knows what he's doing and they could get a competitive team on the field like they'll the the money here would be outrageous compared to what it is now they've been one of the only teams to lose money in local revenue uh, or you know they were so far behind i don't know whether it's an actual loss i can't remember the number off the top of my head but they are dead last in local revenue they're dead last in attendance and i think you know i i do think there's an opportunity if things are going well during the season to showcase that sure, later obviously I but i like because of the way the ownership sale has gone like we've talked about this internally at the radio station i'll peel back the curtain a little bit right like obviously we would have loved to have a day of celebration where we know like this is when the team is going to transfer this is when it's sold like big celebration we kind of did it when when the news leaked a couple weeks ago that there was an agreement in place and you know obviously uh the fan was out at old ox where you're going to be tomorrow night for the, uh, the schedule release. And people came out and drove, they had, they did the buy Dan beer and like all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was a, a big deal, but there was still like this, this couching of it, of it's a non-exclusive deal. There's still a lot, you know, this Canadian dude still kind of bidding on the team. There wasn't this moment of like celebration and release in the fan base. Like most people thought there would be, there's been just a slow drip of news and now even it's been reported by the post that this the deal might get approved in stages. I think because of that, the big moment of celebration, the, the moment when fans come together to celebrate a new era is going to be week one, assuming that week one is at home. I think that state that game is going to be a sellout and it not it's not going to be sold out with the other team's fans. It is going to be the most burgundy and gold that has been in FedEx field, maybe since the playoff game in 2015. And so if that's the case, showcasing that to a national audience would make sense to me, but that is a giant, you know, litany of factors when you could just put on Eagles, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, whatever, and just be like, Hey, here's two of the best teams in the sport. Here's, you know, get, get Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes playing and like go from there. So I, I get it. Um, but I, I do think it's an opportunity for them at some point to be featured in, in a major way. Um, and, and a prime time window because of that reason. Yeah, and I think that's something that would probably happen later. I would think just knowing the yeah. league and like kind of how they do early matchups, it's like these are the best teams last year. Look at them play; it's really exciting. And even if those teams aren't very good, like last year the Bucks were were not very good, but they had a whole bunch of prime time games early because right. Tom Brady because they they draw eyes. You know, I think mm-hmm. if, if if this team does even you know mediocre, even if they're you know like eight and six going to the last half of the season, like they're get, they're going to get some more love in that department. I think because of the reason you're talking about and, and I think they deserve it. They would deserve it if that was the record, but I, I think they're going to wait. They're going to slow play it. Cause again, I, I just, the more national media you consume and this is everywhere. This is, you know, PFF, this is Vegas. This is, you know, whatever it is, they're just they're The expectation for this team is extremely low. And I don't think the league is going to bet on low expectations coming out the gate. 
Yeah. They seemingly always play Philly on a Monday night. They seemingly yeah. always play New York on a Thursday. So I would, I would mark I that down as potential yeah. too. Um, you get an Amazon game on a Thursday against the Giants home or away. I could see them doing that with the Jets game, honestly, uh, as well, potentially. Uh, and then, you know, maybe they get a Monday night game against the Eagles or Cowboys. We'll, we'll see. Uh, and by the time this comes out, chances are we'll probably know. Yeah. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. Craig Hoffman here. Logan Paulson there. Speaking of the uh, low national expectations, Logan. Um, Mike Clay of ESPN has gotten a lot of run the past couple of days. They put out their preseason rankings and Mike's kind of at the head of this, their positional groups, all that kind of stuff. And there are two in particular that have caught our eye. We got quarterbacks and wide receivers <laughs> where the commanders are very low, uh, compared to what you might think, uh, even if you don't think very highly of them, do you want to start with wide receivers or quarterback? Um, I think they're really intertwined. So it just depends. Like, quarterbacks maybe i don't know quarterbacks okay let's start with quarterbacks uh so mike's got him dead last 32 he says the quarterback group in washington is 32nd out of 32 teams just for kicks and giggles uh the quarterback group looks like well where'd it go uh i I got it you want me to get it for you uh, all right, here we go. Quarterback group looks like this. Uh, Kansas City won, uh, and and of course he lists out, but we're really talking about starters here. Uh, although I, mean, I think with Washington, maybe we're not. So, so we'll I, I will say this too, though. Like it's as you would expect. The top five teams are teams that totally. Sure. I'll, I'll give them six. Top six teams are teams that are one hundred percent make one thousand percent sense. And I think if you kind of again, like if you're doing a draft ranking and you're tearing this out. Kansas City, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Baltimore Ravens. Young, athletic, super talented quarterbacks. I mean, there's nothing more kind of obvious than that to me. Like that, I mean, yep. I don't think you can debate that, really. I mean, maybe you can, Craig, but to me, that's I'm, I'm buying that 100%. No, those are those are the six, um, although I would probably include I – would, I would switch seven and eight. Uh, he's got well, the Jets, yeah. seven. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers, eight is Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Yeah. I would switch those, and I would draw my tier line below Jacksonville. I see. So you I, go, you I go think seven. Trevor, you go seven. I then. think Trevor Lawrence is in that group. Yeah, I'd like year. to see him one more year. You know, but I, I definitely think he's close, and so that's why to me, I'm okay with him being out of that kind of first tier quarterback, it, just in my perspective. Um, and I do, I, I agree. I think it's if I was going to give one, like, there's multiple knocks on the list, but that's something I would, I could easily see, like. Yeah. And that's why well, you, that's I'm, why you tier it because it's if I'm going to be really harsh, honestly, if I'm going to be harsher with that first tier, then I'm taking like I would probably put Lamar up. Maybe you take him down because of the injuries, but like really the tier lines at four. It's Mahomes, you. Allen, Burrow, Hurts. Like I think Herbert and Lawrence are it have to be grouped together more than Herbert does with Mahomes. I see what you're you saying. What so, saying. But I say if you're gonna if you're gonna subdivide that first group, I think mm-hmm. it's the first three. 
So I think it's Kansas City, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati kind of is definitively the number one. And then I think it's the next three guys. I think it's Philly, Chargers, Ravens are kind of in a similar tier for me. If, I, if I'm going to subdivide that first tier, you know? Yeah. And so like... I put, I'd put Lawrence with that group, but I understand wanting to see him more. I just, like, I think Lawrence and Herbert kind of belong together. And I, and I guess, so that's a good point. Because I guess if you look at your next tier, which is um, the New York Jets, Rogers, yeah, Jacksonville Rogers, Jaguars, Watson, Prescott, Tua, Kirk yeah. probably is where the line gets drawn. Um, yeah, I'll buy that. I think I actually am surprised Kirk is so low on this list, honestly, just for how productive he's been the last two years. Totally honest, yeah. and I'm surprised that Sean Watson is so high. And I understand That's, like that would be my biggest gripe in that one is Watson was pretty awful last year. Yeah, and I understand Watson was the third best quarterback in 2020. Is that right? 2000 yes he was he had the the third highest pff ranking like for that year awesome year nothing around him balled his face off you know recent history last year and then him not playing the year before would suggest that he does not deserve that and i would probably based on last year which i know you can't do everything based on that would move um kirk above like dak prescott and Tua tongue of iloa you know what i mean like that's mm -hmm. just me uh, would you disagree with that craig no, I wouldn't. Um, I think if two is healthy, he's above Kirk. Yeah. Um, but but you know, for he me, hasn't the health thing healthy is, yeah. in a long time. So I, that's hard to project. Like, who would I rather have in Madden if the injuries are off? Tua. But Kirk has been so reliable over the course of his career, and he's now got year two in the system with Kevin. You know, obviously they worked together previously yeah. here, but year two in that system, like. I probably, yeah, I'd probably bump Kirk up. Like I trust Kirk. I, he, he and Dak like are two peas in a pod. To yeah, me, for sure. Very similar. Yeah. Uh, Tua is is hard because of injury. Watson's hard because of projection versus reality. And like, like what he history, was last year yeah. was was really bad. Um, obviously he was really good before that. Um, but like he's a fundamentally changed person. Yeah. I would think like after the thing that he, I'm not gonna say what he went through, the thing that he put himself through, right. um, by his behavior and, and coming out of that on the other side, like I would not surprise me if Deshaun Watson is just not the guy that he was before right. all of that. Um, so yeah. it's so, yeah. I also think it's so funny looking at this list. So after Trevor Lawrence, who's at eight in this list with the Jacksonville Jaguars after him, it's like it gets like super muddy to me. Mm -hmm. Like I was like looking for the next delineation and it's like Kyler Murray, you know, it's like basically eight or nine to 22 are like very similar players to me. You know what I you mean? You could see any of them making a jump up to the top 10. Yes. Yes. Like that. It's It's really weird. It's like. You got like Dak Prescott, Tua Tungavailoa, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, who I think is elevated by coaching, is a little high for me after one year, but I understand why Agreed. he's here. Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, injury, concern, whatever. Justin Fields, this is probably a little high based on him just playing quarterback, but obviously his rushing ability is tremendous. I mean, he rushes from the quarterback position, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna detriment that. Correct. It's, it's a right. quarterback ranking, not a passing ranking. Correct, yes. And then uh Derek Carr. Jared Goff, probably based on last year, a little low, I think. Way too low. Yeah. He he's probably my biggest non-Washington gripe on the list. Yeah. I I would probably have Goff 13 behind Cousins. I on this I list. love that actually. I would do the same thing, I think. Yeah. I think we see that exactly the same. Geno Smith, probably also a little low based on last year, but one year of performance, you know. Yeah. I'm probably moving up ahead of like Justin Fields, for example, and probably even I'd put Justin Fields below like Derek Carr. But again, the rushing ability, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, that's why you got to tier these guys they are basically the same player, Ryan Tannehill and then Kyler Murray. And so I think yep. like if you feel differently, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like, oh, one of those guys has got to be moved up, like I think you're out of your mind. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that any... Any of those guys can go anywhere up to the Kirk Cousins line, right. and I would I would say I can see why you think that. Yeah. Um. Outside of like until you get to maybe Tannehill probably belongs in the bottom of that, but he probably belongs in this group as yeah. opposed to the next one. He's like the one guy, and then because of the injury, Kyler's like not going to play most of the yeah. year. Mm -hmm. Um. So I I would have a hard time bumping him up just on pure availability, but. Obviously, if you're going, hey, well, if he comes back and he's Kyler Murray, then he shoots up near the top of this. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. I would quibble about, 
you know, where he's got like Carr versus Gino versus Goff, but like they're all in the right tier. Yeah, they're in that like second. I mean, depending on how you tier that first tier, if it's two groups or one group, it's the second tier. Like they're second tier quarterbacks, those guys that are going to kind of fall between, you know, being, you know, a top eight player and just above 25. You know what I mean? Like they're all kind of in that soupy mix of, guys you probably want to upgrade over and guys that um, are good enough to win you some football games, you know? So, yeah, I think the other thing that's interesting about that group is most of them are probably at their peak or on the way down yeah. with the exception of fields and golf. Like a those two, I that's mean, Gino, Gino is a weird one. Cause he hasn't played a lot, but Daniel like, Jones, maybe something. Daniel Jones, maybe. Yeah. Daniel Jones, I guess is, is probably, but I, yeah, he's young enough that I could see him with more coaching from Dable getting better. But most of these guys are are like they're this is where they are and it's where they're gonna live for their entire careers. Like they're they're at Kirk's level, yeah. right? Like Kirk, Kirk has now ascended, I guess, out of this group barely to being the last guy in the group of and like that's his ceiling. <laughs> and like when Kirk was here, we'd have all these discussions about cousins in, in 2015, mm-hmm. right? It's like who can he be? Can he be a top 10 quarterback? And it's like Maybe for a given year, but like yeah. he's never gonna get higher than ten or nine, depending yeah. on what's going on in the league. Yeah. Um, that's kind of who he is. I think Fields has the chance to ascend to an MVP like level if everything goes right, like right. based off the talent. I think Goff can ascend into the top ten and, and certainly did for the back end of last year, but mostly these guys are just kind of gonna be this muddy middle yeah. for the rest of their careers at this point. And some of the young guys that are below them are going to join them and then jump them. Or these guys are going to fall out into that group as as low-end starters at, and then ultimately high-end backups to end their careers. So where's your tiers? Because mine is, I agree, like mine is probably 1 to 8 and then 9 to wherever we just were. 22? 12. Yeah. Or you're on 12. So you're, you're, you have a second so I would, tier. I would cut off Kirk from... The muddy middle. Like I, I would say the... I, I don't know what to do with Watson. Um but Lawrence, it's Lawrence. I would say let's let's. I would draw my line at Lawrence one through eight. Yeah. Watson, Prescott, Tagovailoa, Cousins are kind of in like this one and a half group. Mm, okay. And then Jones through, and honestly, I would consider putting Golf in that group based yeah, off me last too. year. Me too. So let's say nine through thirteen. Um, and we'll just stick Watson there for now. Although last year Watson belongs in the bottom tier, <laughs> literally, he was that bad. Yeah. Um, but. So that leaves us 14 with Goff bumping up. So Daniel Jones through Kyler Murray Murray. at 22 is the next tier. So then you've got Kenny Pickett. This is, again, back to Mike Clay's rankings. Steelers with Pickett, Trubisky. Uh, Niners, that's 23. Yeah, 23. Pickett, Trubisky. Niners with Purdy, Lance, and Darnold. Uh, Panthers, Young, Dalton, Corral. Texans, Stroud, Mills, Keenum. Colts, Richardson, Minshew, and Ellinger. Patriots, Jones, Zappi, McSorley. Packers, Love, Clifford, Etling. Falcons, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, Logan Woodside. Bucks, Baker, and then Kyle Trask. And then he's got the Commanders dead last with Howell, Brissett, and Fromm. That, to me, is a joke. So, I mean, what I would ask you is if we're tiering it, they're in the correct tier. Right. Yes, but it's kind of like the Tannehill. Like Tannehill belongs in that middle muddy tier, but he belongs at the bottom of it. Yeah. To me, when you have Brissett, like is Brissett the best quarterback I just named? I mean, especially like Purdy. Purdy was the guy last year who was probably the best. Um, but he's coming off Tommy John, and we don't know when he's going to be available. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody in the quarterbacks I just named? That is better than Jacoby Brissett. I think Baker, maybe. I was gonna say the only guy I would say outside of Brock Purdy, based on last year, and again, like you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are interesting because I do think they have the they definitely have the potential to be higher. um, Would be Kenny Pickett, maybe. And again, like maybe he, he played well, but was not overly productive, which is why that is hard for me to say. Like he. He was he was effective. He made plays, but didn't score a lot of touchdowns. And is that his his fault entirely? I don't know. But that that's kind yeah, of he did have a lot of interceptions that were just crazy unlucky. Yeah, and so that that to me is the only guy. You know, Mac Jones from two years ago, but obviously Mac Jones from last year. No, 
So right. yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Like in terms of backup. Um, but I, I think they're in the right tier. I don't think you can argue that really. I think Agreed. Like, like 23, but the idea that they're going to have the worst quarterback play in the NFL to me is just like, you're telling me they're worse than Ritter and in Atlanta. That's an interesting like, what one. What are we doing? Like I was, cause again, like I kind of see this situation very similar to Atlanta, right? It's, you know, you've got a young quarterback. Um, obviously Ritter was a third round pick. Um, you know, Howell was a fifth round pick, whatever. But to me, it's very, very similar, like a, a good backup. And I think Jacoby's better than Taylor. Um, and I think Agreed. Sam has probably a better arm than Ritter. But I do think this is something that, again, we're going to get into when we talk about receivers, too. I do think that the system in Atlanta is going to really insulate Desmond Ritter like really insulate him. So like, <clears throat> and here I think Sam's going to be put out there a little bit, you know, I think they're going to try and insulate him. But I think like in terms of if I'm, if I, if I had a kid and I wanted him to play quarterback in the NFL, like I want him going to Atlanta because like they're going to run the heck out of the football play action, three level throws, easy reads, just get the ball where it's got to go, you know? And I think like maybe that's why, He's a little bit higher. What I mean, what do you think about that? Maybe. I mean, I was talking to Orlovsky the other day about this because he brought up, like, he had to pick a second-year quarterback who he thinks could lead his team to the playoffs for get-up, and he he chose Sam. And oh, so really? I texted him. Yeah, I texted him. I was like, hey, can you come on and talk about this more? And I would suggest anyone listening to this would love that interview, so go to my YouTube page and check it out. But Dan said the system that EB runs is so similar to what Sam ran in college right. that there is going to be some insulation there. Yeah. There's the insulation that they are going to want to run the football. And two, there's the insulation of familiarity. It's an art. It's an RPO based system, right. but it's not like a one read RPO. Uh, what Dan was explaining is there's, and I, certainly, you know, this there's like three or four plays in one. Yeah. So the idea that, and that's what Sam had at, at UNC, right? So the, the ability to get in the right play is there all the time. It's just a matter of the quarterback making the right decision, which is a lot on Sam's plate. But if it's something that he's shown capable of and can do at the NFL level, he can have a really good year yeah. because there are weapons around him. And that stuff does help the offensive line. And there there's just a smarter, better infrastructure. And I don't know, like, putting them over Tampa is, uh, putting them behind Tampa is crazy to me. Putting them behind Atlanta is crazy to me. I don't know how you like you're it's pure projection on Jordan love in green Bay. New but England he, was a disaster he, 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 last year. Like but I, Indianapolis, think, I, think the thing. I think that's the thing. So it, it's, it seems pure projection on Jordan love, but he had two starts last year and he had like, good. and he looked good, you know? And again, like it's super small sample size. Sam's an even smaller sample size. Right. So it's like, mm -hmm. how do you say that this guy that's been backing up for two years, one of the best quarterbacks of all time in an offense that does a good job of insulating quarterbacks, you know, like it's the same offense that Kyle runs or a version of that offense. You know, it's like they're, yeah. they're cousins or whatever. And then again, Atlanta, I go back to just like that system. He's not going to have to do a lot. And they've got big dynamic guys who are great at the catch point, you know, Kyle Pitts and uh, Drake London, who again are young developing players, but very, very talented in that kind of off target throw catching department, which Ritter struggles with. Sure. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not saying they deserve to be 32nd because I personally hate Tampa Bay quarterback situation more than anything, but they're definitely Agreed. like they're in that kind of mix. And, right. and I, I just, I think there's also Logan, just like inconsistency, like where are we projecting and where are we saying where they are right, right. now? Yes. Right. Because like CJ Stroud, do we actually think he's going to be good this year? I mean, Kind of, I don't know. Really? I mean, he, I mean, he, he doesn't maybe, have a whole. But we gotta look they at don't receivers. have a whole lot around him. That's what I was about to say. Like the O line there is pretty good. Uh, receivers, playmakers, weapons there, not great, you know. And so, like again, Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator there. Kyle Shanahan offense, like maybe they help him out. To me, Anthony Richardson is he going to be balling like that year one? I think Bryce Young is probably the safest pick here, you know, in terms of rookie quarterbacks. But again. I, I, it's almost like, look at this, just, just take a look at it. You could go almost by draft order outside of Brock Purdy and say, Kenny Pickett, first round pick, Bryce Young, first round pick, CJ Stroud, first round pick, Anthony Richardson, first round pick, Mac Jones, first round pick, Jordan Love, late first round pick, Desmond Ritter, third for third, third round pick. And then obviously Baker Mayfield, whatever, light him on fire. Cause he's had a rough go, but Sam Howell, fifth round pick. So it's almost exactly draft order 
to get you to this. And I wonder if that's just what um, our guy Maybe. here is doing. Maybe. I just... But I, I, you bring up a great point with Jacoby Percent. Like, I think that's a fantastic point. Like, on this list right now, having played in the NFL, he's the best quarterback in the bottom half of this. Right? He's yeah, the best I, quarterback. I in, if in, there's an NFL game, uh, emergency schedule, surprise, there's a game tomorrow. You got to pick one good dude to play off this list. It's Jacoby. And it, I guess you could argue maybe Andy Dalton. Maybe, but it's the same maybe. kind of like I take Jacoby over Dalton, right? But I'm but I'm saying it's like that same tier. But Jacoby right? was it's, a top ten QBR guy last year. I know like that's, he balled I, I, last year. So to me, yeah. that I, I, that's a great point. If you're if you're ranking quarterbacks like that, I think that's a fantastic point. And, and so I do think with with Sam specifically, I understand I understand the reluctance to move him up, but I also see I also think he just took the draft order and just happened. That, that's yeah. personally what I think. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Take Man Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman. All right, last thing that plays into this as well. Clay also released his wide receiver rankings. And uh, we'll, we'll go quick on this, Logan, but he's got, he's got the commanders at 11th. Um, this yeah. seems low to me initially, but let's go through it. Um, yeah. there's definitely some, some teams that I just, I completely disagree with, but I do think the tiers thing is super interesting because yeah. I think the tiers are a lot wider here. Um, sure. like I don't, I don't think the cutoff is as high, um, as it is with the quarterbacks. With the quarterbacks. So yeah. he's got the Bengals one, which I think is probably correct. Uh, Jamar Chase, yeah. T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. And I'm just going to go top three, right? He's got the Seahawks two with DK Lockett, Jackson right, Smith, though, and Jigba. Doesn't it? You have like you had a lot of reservation in your voice there, but like DK Metcalf, baller, Tyler Lockett, baller, Jackson Smith, and Jigba first, the first receiver selected in this last year's draft. So obviously, like they're like he's good, a but are they, are they the second best group? In the I league? mean, who would you who would you put ahead of them at this point? Is my question. Like uh, of I mean, the guys put, listed. Uh, I'd put of the Washington's f- right there with them. I'd put uh, Miami certainly right there with them. I put Philly right there with them. Um, but that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're looking at tiers, right? Like I would put them at the top, near the top of tier two, and it's kind of flavor. You got a physical freak in DK Metcalf. You get one of the most consistent receivers in the NFL who doesn't get a lot of love in Tyler Lockett, and then sure. Jackson Smith and Jigma, arguably the best receiver in this year's. Not arguably, like he was definitively the best receiver in this year's class. So, and now they all have defined roles. So, like I think I don't know if they're going to utilize these guys the way they need to be utilized. Talking specifically about Jackson Smith and Jigma, but if you're just looking at talent, I think that's a pretty freaking talented group of guys. Um, I th- I think you know totally. But like, is would you take DK or Terry? That's a good question. I'd probably, it's close. I mean, they're very similar. Probably take DK just because of the physical freakiness of it. But I think Terry's of like, it's close. It's like 
really. I think it's close. Flavor. I'd personally take Terry, but right, I, and I, I, would and I wouldn't, not, and I wouldn't be I would mad at you for that. Quibble. All right, would you take Tyler Lockett or Jahan? Projecting into year I'd probably two, take, considering what Jahan did last year. Yeah, I'd probably take Tyler Lockett, and, that, and that's not a knock on Jahan. I, I just think Tyler Lockett's a heck of a football player, and he's been consistently good. How old? I don't even know how old he is, but probably nearing the end of his career. But I think th- that experience is really valuable to me. You know yeah, what I mean? And he's so. 30. I I would probably yeah. agree with you, but it also wouldn't surprise me if that looks really silly by the end of this year because I think Jahan's special. Yeah. No, um, I think, and then, I think then would you take Smith and Jigba or Curtis? And again, it becomes down to kind of like, well, Smith and Jigba is completely a projection. Curtis sure. is the exact kind of guy that in Biennemi's offense has been killer the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, and he you know has shown that he still has capabilities, but obviously hasn't had the production since he signed. So like, that that's kind of I guess my my thing is like you know you, you sure. go to Miami right at three would you take Tyreek or DK obviously you take Tyreek you take Tyreek right. against almost anyone would you take yeah. Waddle or Lockett I'd take Waddle right. at this point I say I might go Lockett I think Lockett's better I think as a two Lockett is maybe let me just look at this list real quick maybe the best two outside of Chris Godwin maybe Jacoby Myers um, in this list. Maybe the best two on the list. Yeah, he's, Higgins, he's real good. You know, so he's in that kind of – He's he, and he's been super productive. He's been super consistent. Like you can sit your watch by him, you know. And, like, yeah. Jalen Waddle to me is a little bit of a one-trick pony. Like, he's fast. And, like, I love good fast trick. guys. And I will say, yeah. like, like Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, like, that is a very unique group. But it also fits exactly what Miami wants to do. So is right. Jalen Waddle as good in Seattle? Probably not. But is Tyler Lockett just as good in Miami's offense? Probably. It's like he's just a more That's well-rounded a good point. receiver. That's a good way to you put it. You know what I'm it. saying? Yeah. So, like, I, I think I like I love J- I love Miami's receiver room. Love it. But, again, like, I just think he's a – Tyler Lockett just a better receiver, you know, yeah. like at this point in his career. If you do this by top two, then I think Philly probably jumps. You have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, but they, they drop off significantly after that. Uh, Dallas yeah. seems a little high. C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. I like. CD I wanted to ask lot, you about this because like, we did this on the show yesterday. I was talking to Tan about this, and you're really like Ceedee Lamb's. You know, one of the, the maybe the best receiver in the division outside of Terry and AJ Brown. Like they're kind of in that cluster of top guys for for the yeah. division. Does Brandon Cooks his speed elevate Ceedee Lamb because of the space it creates? Would be my question to you. And yeah, like maybe, but I are, just don't. I are, hey, Brandon Cooks been hiding in Houston. Is he still good? I don't know. He, he I mean, he's a good player. He's a good yeah, player. He but again, be. he's. He, a little bit of a one-trick pony, though, you know? Right, right. Um, Hopkins and Marquise Brown is an interesting one. Arizona, they've got six. Chargers, they they've got... They were super... I got to just get this off my chest. I checked yeah. all the PFF rankings for these guys before the show. Yeah. They were like... They were by far the worst group. But I also want to point out their quarterback was hurt. So I also think there's a little bit of like, how successful are they going to be given their quarterback situation kind of subconsciously woven into this a little bit, you know, because I played with Hopkins. It was him and Julio Jones, right? Like in terms yeah. of guys that I played with that were ballers, but not right. very productive last year. And how much of that is driven by the quarterback? All right, had to get that off my chest. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, Arizona, uh, then LA, Allen, Williams, and Johnston, the rookie, Josh Palmer, uh, they go four deep. Buccaneers, Evans, Godwin, Russell Gage, Raiders, Devontae, Jacoby Myers, Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne. Commanders Terry Jahan Curtis. Yeah. That's kind of honestly where I would draw the line, though. Like that's the what thing about that's Denver? different. Denver's pretty good. Denver's pretty good. Jerry San Judy, Francisco's good too. I San mean, Francisco's the, good. Maybe I would draw maybe, the line yeah. in New York. Yeah, I draw the line in New York. Would be my New York. Line. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, I I think where you lose Denver and San Francisco maybe is the depth. Like how? Like yeah. is Ayuk actually good or is he San Francisco's right. best outside receiver? And Debo, like obviously Debo's great. Um, Jerry Judy Broncos. is not quite like the elite level one that a lot of these other guys are. That's where right. I would potentially draw the line. Like he's an Portland's awesome son. two or a low end, like a one C yeah. kind of. Right, right. Um, but yeah. I could I could also see the argument of drawing that line of top tier at thirteen. Um, but I like, Jets, could, like like let's talk about Denver for one second. Like Cortland yeah. Sutton, like legit two. Tim Patrick also legit two. Marvin v- Mims, second round pick, maybe the best receiver in terms of adjusting to the ball down the field. So that's so they four. Get like yeah. they, their depth is outstanding. Now I agree, your top end is probably not. It's not that top end guy, but their depth is awesome. 
Yeah. Um, or anybody else that you like really like or want to point out? I mean, I think Buffalo feels low with Diggs Davis. I mean, they don't really have a lot of depth this year. Shakir, Hardy, yeah. Sherfield, but Cooper Cup maybe. Uh, but again, outside of Cooper Cup, what, what do, do they have? have? Um, Michael Pittman Jr., Alex Pierce, I like him a lot. Josh Downs liked him a lot coming out this last year, rookie. Um, but do they like are like I could see them being the 23rd receiver group because who's throwing them the football this year, you know? So right. it's like what you know, um, New Orleans is interesting because isn't uh Thomas coming back, right? Michael Theoretically. Yeah, right. If he's so, if I mean, he's back, then he's great, but we've been waiting on him for four years now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say um, that those are the ones that kind of jump out to me. Everyone else feels pretty good to me. Detroit feels a little low. Um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, uh, uh, Jamison Williams, Marvin Jones at, at 22. Now, of course, Jamison Williams is suspended. For but also, Amon Ross, St. Brown is, you know, he's a slot. I, I, I'm always yeah. like, if, if you don't have that true one skill set on your roster, I'm always like, how do you quantify that? It's the same thing with Cooper Cup. Like, really good receiver, but you you can't <clears throat> you can't win inside and outside i'm always a little bit like how do you value that yeah and that's just my thought on that yeah i will say the one thing i definitely agree with is tennessee last they got yeah. that one nailed that one houston houston actually gives them a little bit of a run for their money nico <laughs> collins robert woods but Traylon burks nick westbrook akine kyle phillips chris moore sorry all due respect tennessee Nailed it for yeah, you. Yeah, how about the I do New think York that's Giants? Interesting, though. Yeah, I mean yeah. the Giants. Yeah, 29. 29th. But I do think it's interesting, right? Like the lines at receiver. Like there's so much depth at that position in the league. And I guess that was always yeah. my thing with with you know when I would compare like Washington and Cincinnati. If all of a sudden Terry, Jahan, and Curtis went and played with Joe Burrow, would yeah. there really be a giant drop off in production? Like yeah, probably some because Jamar Chase is super special and Terry's just very special. But yeah. I really think that there wouldn't be that much drop off. And I and I think when you look at the quarterback situations, that is where there's a huge delineation in the league versus receiver is very situational dependent. A lot of the other other positions are very you know, situational, schematic dependent, and the talent depth is there. And you know, maybe yeah, I. I and didn't realize how deep the position was and felt a little biased towards Terry, who feels like he gets slighted at every turn, right. you know, saw Jahan's touchdown production last year. Um, think that Curtis can be a lot more and was just horribly mismanaged schematically. Um, but it is interesting to look at this list and, and kind of see where the lines are of tier yeah. one going all the way down to almost half the league versus quarterback right. where you could draw a line at three or four. Right. Which I think is, is, is it, it's interesting. You know, it just shows yeah. you like the different, those top groups, there's not that much difference. Like, if I was going to bump Washington, I'd probably demote Arizona, probably demote Dallas a little bit because I don't mm -hmm. think – I think that group, like, it's got pieces, but I don't think they're as good, like, in terms of well-rounded receivers as what Washington has. Right. And then the other one is interesting to me is uh, the Vikings, Minnesota. Obviously, they have Justin Jefferson, but same thing. They have Addison coming in, rookie, you know, right. like – Osborne again, showed flashes. That offense is super – is super helpful to that number two receiver. And I think he's going to make a ton of plays there, but also it's like, you've got guys who've shown a little bit more already. It, it, it's a little different to me than Seattle because Seattle has their two guys, their two studs returning and you've got your kind of slot guy coming in. And just to give some context on that, I went and looked up all their PFF grades, like mm -hmm. a good slot, a good third guy. If they're grading in the high sixties on PFF in terms of like war and just game value, yeah. um, that's a really good three. And I will say Curtis is in the 70s. So obviously, like in terms of depth across, very good. But like just kind of an interesting little note there. So yeah. And like then you the wonder, guy, like, yeah, Diami coming back this year with Sam, his college quarterback. They showed yeah. a little bit of magic last year. We'll see what what they can do uh, getting on the field potentially more in, in a huge year for Diami Brown. All right. Uh, next week, we'll probably look at the UDFAs, a rookie yeah. minicamp in the books more time. Uh, this weekend. Logan's watching the tape on all those guys. So we'll do that. Uh, again, the. Schedule release show brought to you by Old Ox Brewery at Old Ox Brewery in Ashburn if you want to hang out with Logan and Linnell on Thursday night. Uh, until then, I'll see you all on the radio, the Hoffman Show, 4 to 7 daily on the Team 980, and we'll see you next week on Take Command.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.